Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, March the 24th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of three shows this week. Yep, I said three. I know, that sounds very conspicuous and very weird and very much against (laughs) um, what I said would be the case last week, but I'll explain why there's going to be three shows this week and why we're going to end up breaking what has kind of become an unspoken rule on this show um, in just a few moments. But before we get going, I want to remind you, of how you can contribute and interact with us during our show. You can do so by emailing us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, itspotlightbg at gmail.com. That's my e- personal email as well as the show's. And please put in the subject line of your email what your email is about, if it's feedback for a particular segment, topic, reacting to any particular one of us on the show. Just give us some idea, please, to help us with keeping things organized in the email box. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. It's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, it's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. And tonight, since it is yet another pretty much all college basketball show, much like last Tuesday, we're also using the hashtag Hashtag ITSNCAA Tourney. Again, it's hashtag ITSNCAA Tourney. You can use that hashtag as well if you'd like when discussing tonight's show on Twitter or when, you know, just giving us feedback on it later on or whatever the case may be. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a fan page on Facebook that you can find when you search for us on Facebook using the full title of our show which is, of course, in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find us on Facebook, like our page and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. As I always tell everybody, you know, we can't possibly reply back to everybody. We can't possibly use, acknowledge, or mention everything that gets sent to us on a daily basis or posted on a daily basis on the show, nor can we reply back to everything we're sent or, or everything that we see posted. But I assure you, even if we don't reply back to you, or mention, use, or acknowledge whatever you post or sent. I promise you we have seen what's been sent in or posted. Myself and Jeff Tech, we check things. We take shifts every day, looking over emails, tweets, Facebook posts, whatever the case may be, mostly emails. That's usually what people, how people get in touch with us or react to us or, you know, communicate with us. So if you don't hear back or you don't hear uh, what you post or sent, mention on the show, don't freak out. I assure you, we have seen what you posted or sent. I promise you. All right. Now, with all that being said, here's the deal. My co-host is going to be late, so that's not that big of a deal because, you know, we, we, I mean, we, we're only talking about the tournament tonight, and I do have a, quite a few announcements and quite a, a lot of information to provide to all of you. 
um, which is nothing new with me. I usually start the show off take, taking 20 minutes to give you all what's going to be going on and all that stuff. Here's the deal. As you all know, um, March is rough for us. You know, usually in the past that has meant one show a week during the NCAA tournament. Usually the week of conference tournaments, we only have one show, and then the first week of the NCAA tournament and the second week of the NCAA tournament, we only have one show. You know, obviously always on Tuesday because Thursday is when um, the games are on. On and as far as conference tournaments go, Thursday is a big day for conference tournaments. We stay away from the you know we stay away from the NCAA tournament. We stay away from the period of the conference tournaments where it's very much a big deal. Um, so that's been the case since we started the show in the, in late 2010. You know, we've always um, adhered to the idea that we won't do shows. We, we'll, we'll condense to one show a week, because we usually do two shows a week. We'll condense to one show a week on Tuesdays during that, you know, three weeks during March. That's been the case for a few years now. Well, as you all know, I went into this year saying I wanted to try – because last year, it was just overwhelming. You know, we were doing too much, after the year before as well, we were doing too much on the Tuesday show. We wanted to dedicate more time to college basketball. And we should. It's March. Um, but we, we, we had to really, you know, we really had to force um, too much into the, the shows over the last couple of years. Because we had to do what we usually do for entertainment, box office, beat, et cetera, and then we had to fit that in, and then by the time we got through that, we lost about 45 minutes of showtime, and then we had to fit all the NCAA tournament stuff into whatever we could do with the show. And we, we, we really do try nowadays to try to keep the show no going no later than two hours. Like, we don't want to go past it in the, you know, way back when. We used to not mind it. But now we, you know, we want to try to keep it to some kind of a running time, you know? So... It became difficult the last couple of years, especially last year, because we were trying to do the entertainment stuff we that our audience wants us to do, but also give enough focus to the NCAA tournament where our audience, as well as ourselves, could be satisfied. And then, you know, I know that we didn't really do a whole lot with college basketball. Like, even when we were doing the bracket, uh, when we were doing the bubble watch and stuff, like, and, and thankfully it wasn't a big bubble watch kind of year. Like, the bubble was so soft this year that we got away with it. But I know we didn't give it the, not the proper focus that we probably should have. I know our audience, a lot of our audience is okay with what we did. I'm not. So I wanted to really make an effort this year to to really give the NCAA tournament in this month of March for college basketball its due. And that's why I said we're not even going to attempt to try to force everything into one show this year. We're going to find, you know, we're going to find a way to um, – you know, do a second show where we do the entertainment stuff that we have to do, even if it's just like a half-hour show. And I did that last week, last Friday, and most of you listened to it, thankfully. You remembered that I was going to do it, and you didn't. I'm like, quite, actually, more of you than I thought listened to it live on Friday morning. I, I'm stunned by that. Um, especially, I mean, I didn't like the idea of doing it on a Friday morning, but we were trying to stay away from the NCAA tournament. So I said, okay, we got to do this early so we can get off before the the tournament game started at noon. So, and we did that, and it worked out well. But we did a show, and it was about an hour last week, and we did the box office beat, and that was it. Um, and we're going to do that same thing again this week, but, but this week we have the luxury of doing that show 
on Friday, that entertainment show at the box office beat, we have the luxury of doing it in the afternoon, kind of like we did with the Football Friday show. So that's what we're going to do this Friday. We're going to have our, our, our usual entertainment show this Friday. It's like last week, we're going to have it on a Friday, but we're going to, instead of doing it at 1030 in the morning, we're going to probably do it right around the same time we used to do the Football Friday show. It's around 2.30, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time this Friday. We're going to do it. And it'll be like last week. It won't be a long show. It'll just be like a half hour to an hour, just the box office beat. And you know what? If there's any entertainment news we absolutely have to cover, like big entertainment news, we will cover it. Otherwise, we won't, like last week. You know, it'll be the same for, same situation. Um, we're not going to do any in the spotlight film or TV picks of the week or anything like that because I want, first of all, a lot of TV show. you know, TV's kind of – not really in a, a, a boom period right now. Some shows are on hiatuses and stuff. So, you know, and we can put that off for a few weeks. We don't need to do it right this second. So we're just going to focus on the things we have to do, which is the box office, be any big entertainment news that it has to be done, we will make sure we cover on that Friday show. So that's the first bit of news. Friday afternoon, so the Friday morning like last week, Friday afternoon we'll have our entertainment show, box office beat, will primarily be the focus of that show, but again, if any entertainment news breaks that we have to cover, we will cover. Now, before I get to the second big announcement, my co-host has appeared on the line, so I will bring him on, and then we'll get to that. Mike, you are in the spotlight. You know, I would have been here a little earlier, but, you know, I had to take care of some business, some important, important business. It was refreshing business, Brian. Can you imagine what business that is? I don't really want to. Is that okay that I don't want to? (laughs) Well, okay. I had to go get another pair of khaki pants, cargo pants. Oh. Because my... Previous pair, well, I have like two or three pairs. One pair was apparently ripped beyond uh, repair in a place where I couldn't fix it. So I had to run out and just get another pair of pants. It was refreshing because it was the weight off my mind. Like, oh, God, I don't want to wear the same pair of pants to work tomorrow because it stinks after a while because they're pants. Right. You know. So I needed a refreshing new pair of pants. So I got one. I I had to run out to Walmart. I didn't have a lot of time because, you know, I get home from work late. And then, you know, this show is, like, right there. Um, So, yeah, that's it. And... You know, it was refreshing. It was relaxing. The weight is off my mind. The load has been lifted. Sounds very productive. It was very productive. And how dare you? You think I took a... You well, think that's I took a two... what you refer to as business on this show when you come on air, so you can't really blame me. It, you know what? Sometimes you got to do what's best for business. What's for best for business is getting another pair of pants this time. Mm-hmm. Business can refer to a lot of a lot of things. That, that, that would be that. That's a nice segue into my my second announcement. But if I do the second, if I announce the second announcement right now, 
then Jeff Tech's going to freak because I haven't introduced him yet. So everybody say hi to Mr. Paranoia, Jeff Tech. <laughs> Who, of course, is our technical guru. If he were a business, he would be the type of business that you flush down the toilet, but you have to do twice oh, because okay. it was that big in terms of being a technical guru in the history well of the show. Well put. <laughs> uh, oh, different, different business than what I was referring to. Right. V- vastly different. Um, <laughs> vastly different. Yes. I don't um, know why he rushes to get introduced so much. Because he, he knows know, it, it, the introduction only, is going to I be insulting to, to him to, in some way. I hate to I hate to make a pun here or you know allude to our show's title here, but uh, it's because it's the only time he gets the spotlight unless he screws up. <laughs> Which is funny because it's most of the time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. It it is in fact most of the time with Jeff Tech. Even though it happens in different ways. You know, I used to get upset when you tried to get a rise out of Jeff Tech because I'd have to listen to it all night. Now I just kind of like, I just let him like rant and rave and just ignore what he's writing or typing because it's like, I don't want to, his reactions are always the same. Like he doesn't, it's always funny to me because he never changes the terminology. Like it's always, oh, he's really doing that. He's like he never attempts to like try to like give, give an insult that he hasn't already given before. He lacks creativity, is basically what I'm saying. But, but that, that well, I mean, he lacks creativity in certain areas. In other areas, uh, he just it, he just goes for the gold and chomps right down. Yeah, yeah, that that and, sounds like. And, him. and sometimes he succeeds, and sometimes it bites him. Really hard. You know what? They, you, you know what they say. A lot, you know what they say. A lot of things come back to bite you. Oh, and sometimes they bite you so hard you have to go see a doctor. Maybe even the same doctor again sometimes and multiple, again. Sometimes multiple times. Sometimes multiple times, and sometimes that doctor just does not want to see you anymore. Oh God. He, he, he's gonna hate us. Um. Oh man. Okay, so. Um, Let's get to that second announcement before I lose I lose the the audience's interest on that. Okay, second second announcement we have to make. I I, I mentioned the whole thing with the Friday show with the entertainment box office beat and all that stuff. Here's the other announcement. It came to my attention, believe it or not, it was Jeff Tech of all people that kind of brought it to my attention. It goes to show you how disappointed I am with the WrestleMania build. I forgot that WrestleMania was almost this week, but. It goes to show you. But anyway, uh, he reminded me, he goes, isn't there a wrestling pay-per-view next Sunday? And I'm like, oh, yeah, WrestleMania. Oh, crap. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, usually WrestleMania is like, you know, the weekend of the Final Four. That's been the case for the last few years. And, you know, usually you don't have an issue because once we get to Final Four week, we do two shows and we never have an issue. Now we have an issue because we do not like to do shows opposite the NCAA tournament games. There are NCAA tournament games, Sweet 16 games, this Thursday, which start at 7. We air at 8 o'clock. We'd be on the, 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 the latter half of games, which I do not like. I do not like that. I am very upset about that. And there is no way that we can avoid not doing a show. And here's why. Somebody said, well, why don't you do it on Wednesday? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to announce that, that, that on short notice, 
when I don't have to necessarily do a show on Wednesday. See what I'm saying? Like, this is not some kind, while it's, it's been kind of like an unspoken rule on this show, don't do shows opposite the NCAA tournament. It has been. I mean, we've done shows against the World Series. We've done shows against um, uh, NBA Finals. I mean, we've done shows against big sporting events before. But I've stayed away from the NCAA tournament for a reason. But here's the thing. We can't, we, we have to do this, rest, I mean, WrestleMania is on Sunday. It's a big event. We have a lot of wrestling fans. I'm not going to let them down, and I'm not going to treat them, I'm not going to slight them by, by making some last-minute decision because I forgot that WrestleMania was on Sunday and moving and, and making a last-minute call to have the show on Wednesday, and then most of our audience is like, oh, oh well, I, um, you know, is it, it, lost because they forget the fact that we have a show on Wednesday because I've only given them one day of reminders. Because that's what happens. We all lead busy lives. That, there's a reason why I repeat things a lot on this show, especially when it comes to scheduling, because people do forget things. And one day of notice for something that we can help, as in we can actually do this show on Thursday, we don't, want to, we don't really want to with the competition, but we can do it. It's not something that's, you know, is, is, is disastrous here, okay? So why do something that I think would be even worse, which is say, all right, we're going to do a show tomorrow night uh, with one day's notice, less than one day's notice. And then the wrestling fans who already, in my, in my, in my opinion, don't get a lot of content on this show, are like, well, no, that makes sense. They just threw us out there on a Wednesday night just to get us over with. I don't want to do that. That's disrespecting a, par- a portion of our audience. I don't think that's fair. Especially when I, you know, like I said, I, I blame myself for this. I didn't plan ahead. I didn't think about that. If I had, I would have said, all right, let's see what we can do. And then we could have given more notice, and then we would have been, it would have worked out. It is what it is. You know, WrestleMania is in the end of March this year. Everything's weird this year, some it, it dates and stuff. So it is what it is. We are going to do a show on Thursday. I think it's the most fair thing to do. Look, I've been surprised numerous times with when people, whenever we've done a special show or a show out of our time slot or last week, like if we did a Friday morning show, I've been surprised to see the numbers that we've gotten, so, especially live sometimes. Like, I, I'll think, oh, there's no way people are going to listen live, and they do. All right? I know the NCAA tournament's on. I don't know what our number's going to be. You know, some people have said, well, why don't you try starting it at 730? Look, that's just too much. You know, I have co-hosts that work, that have to have dinner and stuff. That's not fair. That's also, also, I have to do prep work. I barely get on the air sometimes at 8 o'clock, so we can't do that. It will be on at 8 o'clock. We'll, we'll, we'll jump right in. We'll preview the WrestleMania card. Thankfully, there's a lot of multiple guy matches, so that will make it quicker. Um, and a lot of these matches are pretty straightforward. This is not the best card. Um, we will address a few questions or comments. Wrestling fans or non-wrestling fans can submit their questions or comments by email, Facebook, or Twitter before the show and obviously during the show. We will do a little bit with that. The idea, what we're going to strive to do, and this is a goal, <laughs> it's, it's an ambitious goal, but it's a goal, is to try to get off the air and out. Now, you wrestling fans out there might go, oh, well, they're sweating us. They only want to do an hour and get out. Look, we're doing the best we can. We're trying to find a compromise here between 
those fans out there that want to still listen to the show but also watch the tournament and try to appease you. I'm 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 allowing the show to be on Thursday night in its normal slot because I, to be fair to the wrestling fans, well, at the same time I want to try to get off as quick as I can because I want to appease those fans that still want to be able to listen to the show but also enjoy the tournament. So that's the best compromise I can come up with under the circumstances. That's the best thing we can do. I think that's fair. Um, Jeff Tech thinks that's fair. I, I That's all I can really do. So that's going to be our goal on Thursday night. It will be our show, a, 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 a show in our normal time slot on Thursday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I, we are gonna we are gonna move incredibly quick. I am not kidding. Um, I I'm gonna make it. I mean, a, a huge effort to really cut down my own personal rambling, which you know is gonna really hurt me. And we are gonna move through that card really quick and try to get this thing in in an hour. I think we can do it. I've already begun um, outlining the show. I I I honestly. Honestly, accounting for how we all usually talk and stuff, I actually got the show, the content of the show, um, including reminders and everything else, in in 50 minutes. 50 minutes. So I think we can do this. We'll see what happens. So there will be a show on Thursday. It will be an all-wrestling show, previewing WrestleMania. We'll go over the card, make predictions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And... We'll address a few, and I mean a few, probably like two or three questions or comments, and that will be our show on Thursday. And then again, Friday, much like last week, except this time will be in the afternoon, right around the time we used to do football Friday, 2.30, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we will have our entertainment show for the week where we will present our box office beat. And again, any major entertainment news we just have to cover, we will cover. That will be this Friday. So three shows, tonight, Thursday, Friday, and next week, we'll drop back down to two. And, yes, there will be two next week because it's Final Four week, and we'll have that affordability, and we won't have to do any more Friday shows. So there you go. So that's the big announcements, and that's, that takes us through scheduling for this week. Sound good to everybody? I hope so. All right. Now, we are going to get right in. Now, I, now, there was some breaking news for you wrestling fans. I am well aware of it. You know, we're going to kind of cover it on on Thursday within the WrestleMania show because it's going to play a big part now in the main event, um, which is the World Heavyweight Champion, WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. But for those that do not know, and boy, it's very rare that wrestling gets a, a major focal breaking news piece on ESPN. Uh, of all things. But that happened today. Brock Lesnar appeared on ESPN without really any notice whatsoever. It just happened. And it was interviewed in an eight-minute interview with Michelle Beadle. Paul Heyman also appeared on Sports Nation, which I imagine was hilarious. And Brock Lesnar announced his official retirement from UFC, and he has resigned with WWE for a multiple-year contract. So, really just, um, and WWE Raider confirmed it on their website, and Triple H confirmed it as well, really an earth-sharing announcement, because you never thought that 
if he did resign, it was looking very likely over the last seven days that he would resign. You never thought that this would be something that he would bring to ESPN and it'd be this big deal. But apparently, and, and I encourage anybody to listen to the, it's on YouTube, the, the eight-minute clip, or watch the eight-minute clip. Apparently, he wanted the fans to hear it from him because he wanted to be fair to them. He didn't want to play this, well, is he coming, is he going thing, because it was out in public, and he thought it was fair for them to know that after WrestleMania on Sunday, he will be there, and he is in the WWE to stay, and he is not going anywhere. So he played to the fans, and he he basically made a face turn with this announcement and with that interview, which is hysterical because if you, Roman Reigns was already getting booed, and now he's going to get booed even more. <laughs> so, uh, so let me just let me just again, we're going to talk about this a little bit, and um, obviously we're going to talk about it on Thursday morning a little bit. It'll be a big point of the show. Um, let me just say this. You know, over the last week, like I said, it looked apparent that he was going to resign. I'm not surprised he resigned. Um, it looked like Triple H got heavily involved, which is why I'm not surprised he resigned. He he seemed it it, it it seems he did resign last night. He did seem happy last night at the end of the show, despite the fact the ending sucked. Um. Uh, look, I think it's a very good decision. I know Brock can be dangerous in the ring. Oh, at least that's how it looks um, when he wrestles. And I think that's probably sometimes a credit to him because of how athletic he is. Um, look, I think it's good for WWE. It's 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 something that the fan it, he he does add a lot to the product. Um. And I think they need Brock for that. I think they needed Brock to stay for that main event to even remotely have a chance. And they got it. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I'm happy with it because he is entertaining. He adds a lot. He do, he is a special attraction. I'm glad he did. Mike, do you have any any thoughts to add or? Did you throw it to me? I did, yes. Oh, God. You see, you, you caught me uh, listening to the actual Sports Nation clip. Yes, Paul Heyman was, in fact, on uh, Sports Nation. And side note, I am so happy Colin Cowherd isn't on it anymore because now the show is, in fact, watchable. Uh, and, and, and just just strong language here, so this is going to be edited out, and I just want to be clear here. This is going to be censored, and I do apologize to talk to you for doing this, but I just want to say this. This is my, this is my daily slander. Colin Cowherd is a piece of shit. And, and you could quote me on that. He is terrible at, uh, and you know what, listening to Colin Coward is like listening to somebody take a turd for two hours. However, after you take a, after you listen to somebody take a turd for two hours, eventually they're going to get relief. You are not going to get that from Colin Coward. End of tangent. 
Um, but yes, Ro- um, Paul Heyman was in fact on Sports Nation. However, he was there to interrupt the Sports Nation guest, who was in fact Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns was on Sports Nation. And, yep, Paul Heyman was just being Paul Heyman. Um, I, I can't watch the clip now because I'm talking. But, um, wait, I mean, the big, the big thing is Brock's back in the fold. I, unlike you, I don't think uh, he made a face turn. I just think Brock Lesnar... Is one of these um, he and this is going to sound insulting, but it's, it's not meant to be like that way. He is one of the more uh, like simple, straightforward kind of people. He has that country kind of belief that he doesn't want anybody else to hear the news from him because that's what he feels like he should do. That's what he feels like he should be honest. Um, going to USC, he was open and honest about the product, you know, about, you know, his, his belief, his goals. Going to the NFL, he was open and honest about that. Leaving the WWE, he was always open and honest about that. Brock Lesnar, for all of his faults, is usually honest about what he wants. Mm. <laughs> and he likes it, – it, it's not that he likes being uh, the guy that, break, you know, breaks the news, but he, he feels like he he has to be the one sometimes to kind of be the, the bearer of the news, especially if it relates to him. Right. Because Paul Heyman can't – Paul Heyman can't do everything, <laughs> first and foremost, even though Brock Lesnar – Likes having Paul Heyman do everything, and Paul Heyman and Brock are real life friends, so they don't. He doesn't mind, especially since Brock is. Um, he has his uh, ways, and right. ways. I mean, he likes being holed up in Minnesota, like eight months out of the year. Right. He enjoys that. And, you know, I mean, that, that there are people who enjoy that life, and Brock Lesnar allegedly is one of them, and that's a good thing. But I, I don't think he made a face turn here. I don't. I think he just wanted to present the news his way because, in a way, he likes he also likes uh, shoving it in Vince McMahon's face. <laughs> he also likes being a jerk to Vince. And this way, Brock Lesnar controls the story. Right. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman control the story. And Brock Lesnar is legit enough to where if he says, look, I think I'm done with UFC, I just resigned with WWE, that's a big enough story to get on SportsCenter. Right. Which is where he made the announcement. He is a legit enough, he's a legit enough athlete where if he goes on SportsCenter, it makes sense. If John Cena goes on Sports Center, it's like, what are you doing here, John? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a bit of a difference. Right, right. You know? I, yeah. If The Undertaker shows up on Sports Center, it's, can we have your autograph, sir? True right. story. 
Right. Not just from Robert Flores. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is what it is. Brock Lesnar is a big news story. He's a big get for ESPN still. It is what it is. And especially, and you have to look at it like this. And I know I'm rambling and I apologize. He announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. Many notable athletes announce their retirement, and it's a big news story. And then ESPN tries to interview him. Mm. So, in essence, Brock is an honest guy in that he's honest in what he's telling you he wants to do, what he wants to do. He is controlling the story. And ESPN is essentially covering a retirement from mixed martial arts, mm. which is a big enough deal. Right. I think it's all of those elements and a few more. I'm done talking about it, though. Big gift for WWE, though. Yeah. Poor, poor gift for Vince McMahon's pockets, but good <laughs> gift for WWE. And. <laughs> But and, and a bad get for the rest of the WWE who has to deal with Brock Lesnar and wrestle him. <laughs> oh, those and uh, have have, uh, have the Doctor Andrews on speed dial. <laughs> well, you know what? It's 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 it definitely it definitely makes things interesting on Sunday. That's for sure, and we'll talk about that on on Thursday. Um, that main event's going to be something, I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, so just wanted to, because I know that was a big story over the last couple of hours, so I wanted to touch on it, because I knew not only our wrestling fans, but even sports fans, like, you, like from reasons Mike already noted, would care about that story if they haven't heard about it. Um, but, or if they had and they want us to react to it, well, we gave you something. So, All right, now we jump to what has what is always the focus of this great month of March, and that is the NCAA tournament, which uh, was in full swing this weekend. Um, Just a general overview real quick just to set things up. You know, you all know my feeling. I feel like over the last five years that we've done this whole first four thing, okay, I haven't been on board with the first four. There have been some okay games in the first four, but I, to me, that's just like a – it's just kind of there, okay? I, to me, the tournament doesn't start till 12 noon on Thursday, that first Thursday of the tournament. That's when the tournament starts for me. However, I will give credit where it is due. This is probably the best first four that we have had since this format started. It, all four games were well played. They were all interesting. They were all compelling. You know, yeah, they didn't always show up in the score that they were compelling, um, but but the majority of the games were close. That BYU game, um, that that BYU Ole Miss game was phenomenal. Ended in the 90s, and it was a regu- and, and that game ended in regulation. And that game is actually what tempted me to pick Ole Miss in some of my brackets, and I kind of regret that now. But because um, they were good in that game, and then now, now I realize it was BYU's poor defense that's the reason they looked good in those games. Um. But just a phenomenal first four. I'm sure some of you saw me tweeting all weekend about the games. and But that set the right tone, even though like, I kind of differentiate, separate the first four from the tournament, which starts on Thursday. You know, if you lump it all together, it did set the right tone. And then Thursday hit. And 
anybody that knows me or anybody that's listened to this show knows my feelings on in a lot of ways how the NCAA tournament tends to go. And I and I when when the schedule when people schedule this tournament, I actually think they think about this. You know, they set up kind of like an ebb and a flow. It's not to say that it can't differentiate, that you can't get some surprises, but generally it seems like it always ends up being where on Thursday you might get a surprise here or there, but Friday's usually when things start to go crazy, and it's usually the second wave of games on Friday afternoon and spilling out into Friday night. And then it's and then in the round of 32 on Saturday and Sunday, you know, you see a lot of high seeds drop off. I, 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 I always think back to this. over the years we've seen in the second wave of games on Friday, you've seen two seeds go down. You've seen some really high seeds lose. And then at night you've seen high seeds lose. And then on Saturday and Saturday, and, and not just like, you know, eight eight seeds or six seeds or whatever. You've seen like some two seeds, uh, some three seeds, like some really high seeds go down. Usually in that Friday wave of game, late Friday or uh, late afternoon, early evening wave of games. And that's kind of what I always go into the tournament thinking. I'm like, all right, we might get a couple. The first day, it's kind of like, okay, you're just excited because it's a tournament. You're watching the games. And you don't expect, at least for me, I don't expect a whole lot of earth-shattering upsets. And then I go into Friday going, all right, here we go. Now we're going to get going. And then Saturday and Sunday, it follows up. This tournament was weird this weekend because – we got that, what we usually get on Friday, we got on Thursday. And it actually started even earlier because it started in the first wave. I looked at those first wave of games when I was sitting down to watch the games on Thursday. I sat there and I said to myself, wow, these games aren't that good. Like, I didn't think that, I didn't think that any of those games were going to be that good. I looked at the Notre Dame Northeastern, and I'm like, huh. And Notre Dame barely survived that game. You know, there, there were several games I looked at in that first wave, and I'm like, what are, what, I, there's nothing interesting there. Like, it was a, and, and, and really when they started, it was a struggle. Not that the games weren't well played, but I was like, you know, these matchups, there's nothing compelling. You know, I was kind of flipping around. I'm like, eh, okay. But then they, each, each game in that first window ended up being good. And the second window, each game ended up being good. And then we had some upsets. We had the Georgia State upset, which, a lot of people called, and, and and I actually had them in one bracket, but I didn't take it seriously. That's no that's no disrespect to them. I, I just didn't. You know, I like Kevin Ware, I like Ron Hunter and, and, and R.J. Hunter. I mean, I, I it's just that I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see it happening enough to pick it in more than maybe one bracket where I just kind of threw everything out there. But God bless them, they did it. You had they had you had them beat Baylor, and then you had. Um, that was the one, pretty much the. I think that was the biggest upset, to be honest. Um, and UCLA over SMU one, I don't think was that big of an upset because I, I, you know, I like SMU and I, I had them a couple times in my tourney ten, but they're a team that you could see losing even to a team that shouldn't have been in the tournament. And I know they, we'll, we'll get into that call in a moment that that ended that game, but. You know, and then the UAB Iowa State one, which a lot of people are like, oh, that was the upset to me. That was an upset, and yeah, it busted a lot of brackets. But we've seen UAB beat some good teams before. We've never seen Georgia State do what they did. So Georgia State had the Cinderella element to it, which made it a bigger deal for me. Plus, a great story with Ron Hunter, you know, the torn Achilles, sitting on the desk chair at, at the sideline. He falls over when his son makes a game winning shot. 
I, I've said this to numerous people over the last few days. I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm yelling, what the heck is, is, is R.J. Hunter doing? There's, everyone's just standing around. He just chucks up a shot and makes it. Like, it's, it's crazy. But they, the Hunter family became a huge story in this tournament over the weekend. It's sad that Georgia State's run ended so quickly. But it gave the, 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 week, the first weekend a, a nice storyline to, to, uh, to, to you know, watch and gave us one of the, probably the moment of the tournament so far. Um, that was a positive. That, that Georgia State Baylor, and, and that Baylor Georgia State game infuriated me. That game infuriated me, and I'll tell you why. I said this on Twitter, too. Baylor, I think, made a, jo- made a joke out of itself. Okay, and I apologize to any Baylor fans, but they did not take that game seriously. All right, you, you, if you had a neon sign above those players' heads, it was saying, oh, the scouts are here. So that's how they acted. They were hot-shotting their way through the game. These crazy passes, you know, alley-oops. All, like, I, I swear, I think I felt like on four straight possessions, they went for alley-oops when they didn't have to. And you know what happened? They turned over the ball. Constantly, I, 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 they had to have at least twenty turnovers. They turned over the ball so much in that game because of their their uh, desire to be flashy and to to show off because they thought they were so much better than Georgia State. When our teams that have these really good athletes, that have potential lottery picks, okay, I understand. You know, tournament big deal. Draft scouts are there. I understand all that, but when are they going to understand? That anybody can beat you on any given day. It does not matter how talented you are. And if you give them, if you give them what they need, if you give them a little bit of leash, and Baylor gave Georgia State more than enough, they can take it. A, they can take it a long way. And that's what Georgia State did in that game. I'm not taking anything away from Georgia State. They played a phenomenal game. They made the big shot then, but Baylor, Baylor did a hell of a job giving away that game. Because no matter how poorly they played and how, how, how much they're showing off, destroyed, that, destroyed them in that game, they still had chances to win it down the stretch. And, again, they were sloppy in, in what, where it went. And you want to know something? If they were worried about the scouts, Guess what? The scouts don't like seeing what they saw in that game. Because you know what it shows them? It shows a, it shows an extreme lack of maturity. It shows them, first of all, you're being flashy. You're not even being effective of being flashy. It shows that you don't care about taking things seriously. So when you get to the NBA, when you play a team that's in last place, what are you going to think? You're, you're, you're entitled to win that game? You're privileged? You're going to win that game automatically because you're you and they're them? That doesn't come off looking right. And the other thing I remember, too, is the majority of that team is freshmen, right? They don't have experience. They're already naturally sloppy. and it, sloppy. They're already kind of, you know, projects, if you will, players with upside. So guess what? You're already naturally a sloppy player. So if you're, if you're going to be over-the-top flashy and not focused on what you're supposed to be focused on, it's going to come off looking horribly. Horribly, and it did. And I, as soon as I saw what they were doing, I said, you know what, I hope they lose. I really hope they lose because I do not want somebody in this tournament that's not taking it seriously. I almost wish they hadn't taken a spot away from a team that you know was going to take it seriously. That was embarrassing for Baylor. I have never seen a more blatant disregard for playing in a game in this tournament than I did when Baylor played in that game. 
That was insulting to me. It was insulting to the whole process, to the tournament. It was, it was insulting to Scott Drew, the Bayer coach, who I felt extremely bad for in that game because you could tell he could see it. It was an embarrassingly immature thing that the majority of those players did in that game, and they should be ashamed of themselves. And props to Georgia State for taking advantage, but boy, and we got a great moment out of it and a great story, but man, that really, really, really infuriated me. That was embarrassing. I was glad that they lost. They deserved to lose that game because of what they did. My other thought, the UCLA-SMU game, was that a goaltending call? You know, I guess it was, but here's the thing. Do you call it there? Do you let that kind of game tilt the game? I don't know. I don't think you do. I think SMU should have won the game. I think that call should have been made, but it is what it is. Brian, 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 Brian. I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, but the goaltending call, while extraordinarily controversial, and I'm only bringing it up here because I don't want to talk about it when you inevitably throw it to me. Right. There's two schools of thought with that. Okay. Now, the first school of thought is, do you call it? It totally altered the game. SMU should have won. And the but but the the primary argument with that school of thought is the shot wasn't going in anyway. <laughs> in fact, uh, if you just looked at the um, how the ball was kind of coming down from its arc, it was essentially just going to bounce off of the front rim and not back up. It was going to bounce up and then down, where it be in the in the the uh, anarchy there for the rebound. That's that was the shot. It wasn't going in. But and but the other school of thought is despite it not going in, it's the spirit of the call. You in a way you almost had to make the call. Mm-hmm. Because the footage shows the kid's hand is above the cylinder. He didn't alter the shot. But he got he got the ball before it kind of came out of um, before it hit the rim, before it kind of broke the, that plane that he's not supposed to break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He broke the plane he was not supposed to break. So even though it wasn't supposed to go in, it was never going to go in. He kind of got the ball before it could settle itself. So I mean, it's the two schools of thought. And I, I, and look, SMU should have won that game. SMU shouldn't have let UCLA back into it, but they did. It was an issue. And unfortunately, that was the call that decided the game. Right. As a referee, I probably wouldn't have called that. And I would have taken the heat. But then again, I'm not the referee, I'm not in that position. I'm not getting paid by UCLA. I mean, I'm not the one who has to deal with the consequences. And my steak dinner on the house from UCLA. I mean, I'm not accusing them of taking money. I'm accusing them of, I mean, that was just a hard, hard decision to make. Right. 
It, and that's all it was. And I didn't want to be in the referee's shoes unless they took a little money under the side, in which case I would have totally wanted to be in those referee's <laughs> shoes because I would have gotten paid a little extra, you know what I mean? Um, and just to add to it, though, the player, the player, the SMU player did go up on the press conference and say, you know what, regardless of whether it should have been called or not, regardless of what it was or not, I shouldn't have let it. I should not have done what I did because I I put us in that situation. I should have oh, reacted yeah. differently. He took full responsibility. If he had just up. jumped a one second later, it would have just been a clutch rebound. Exactly. And, and you know what? All it does is it shows how college basketball essentially comes down to just one moment sometimes. It does. If that kid just jumps one second later. It's a rebound. It's a, it's two shots. He's going to the line to seal the win for SMU. Exactly. Yep, you're that, right. That's all that would have been, or it would have been overtime. And it would have been settled there. Yeah, agreed. It, no, you, it, was, right. it was just one second. I, again, as a referee, I would not have made that call. Either, I wouldn't have either. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, you can, you, it, it, I mean, obviously SMU fans can rant and rave about it and they have every right to, but at the same time, from an outsider's perspective, you understand the you understand why it was done. You understand why it wouldn't have been done if it was if that was the route they took. It's just one of those it's just one of those things, and it was a big story for the first day. Obviously, along with Georgia State, obviously uh, 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 also UAB, Iowa State. I'm never trusting again, <laughs> never. Um, some other first round stories: Georgetown got over their first round curse. Got through, and then got promptly beat by Utah, who finally made me look good. I've been sticking by Utah since the preseason, and then I kind of got off them at the end of the season. And then guess what? They do something of no, so go figure. Um, you know, thankfully, some of the, the intriguing matchups that we wanted to see uh, in the second round, we actually got Notre Dame-Butler, which was one of the games of the tournament, Kansas-Wichita State, again, one of the games of the tournament. Um, you know, we got a couple of surprises that, you know, weren't really huge upsets like Xavier moving on, um, which I guess shouldn't be – some people say, why would that be a surprise? I mean, I, I, I didn't think Xavier was good enough to move on. It's your Dayton, which Dayton's becoming a darling in this tournament. This is the second year in a row that they've, you know, been able to win a game and move on. Oklahoma has surprised me with their performance, even though a lot of people pretty much had them in the Sweet 16. I, I, I actually like the way they've been playing, to be honest. Um Iowa surprised because I thought Davidson was a much better team. Gonzaga, you know, what's interesting is lost in all this. There are two teams in this tournament that I think are playing at playing great basketball right now, okay, even better than the top seeds. I think Gonzaga and I think West Virginia. I have been so impressed with both those teams in the first four days of this tournament to me, they played the best of any teams I've seen in this tournament. They have played splendid basketball. And, you know, look, West Virginia, I thought Buffalo matched up with West Virginia very well. That what, Buffalo was not able to win that game. Now I think West Virginia has a really, really good chance at doing some things to Kentucky on, on Thursday. West Virginia has beaten Kentucky before. Obviously, Kentucky's going to try to avenge their loss to him a few years back. Bob Huggins has met up with John Carapari numerous times. Carapari has not had a good record against Bob Huggins. West Virginia, 
plays a really, really good chaotic defense. It reminds me a lot of VCU a couple years ago with the Havoc defense. They turn you over. I've seen them turn really good teams over. Like, they turn you over a crazy amount. Maryland's a really good, good basketball team, and they turn them over a ton in that game. And they they can and they can score. They score a lot off turnovers. I mean, I, Kentucky is going to have a really good matchup on Thursday night. I thought Maryland was the team that could have a, give them a scare. West Virginia most certainly can give them a scare. Maryland, I feel bad for. I feel bad for the point guard Trimble. You know, Maryland made the right decision. He could not return to that game after he got after he sustained that head injury. They made the right call, but it was still hard to watch him sitting on the bench, watching helplessly as his team got behind and lost the game. I felt so bad for him. He's a tr- tremendous young player, freshman. Um, hopefully he stays because Maryland will be great next year if he does. I, I just felt really bad for him and that team. I, it, it's just unfortunate. I, it's not West Virginia's fault. It's his own player did it by accident. But just a, just an unfortunate thing. Barrow Notre Dame went into overtime. Great game there as Notre Dame moves on. Notre Dame um, has played particularly well. Uh, Kansas got real, Wichita State. You know, it's funny. I've been saying I've been I've been spending a lot of time on Wichita State, saying, oh, you know, they're not as good as Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa really got um, out grinded by Louisville in their game. Um, but Wichita State has saved their best best basketball for now. I mean, they they look a they they look a lot better than they did early in the season. A lot better. And sometimes that happens. Just like Michigan State, beginning of the year, Michigan State looked awful. Now Michigan State has a good shot when it goes to the Final Four. It's just the way it goes sometimes. And Wichita State took it to Kansas, and you know that Wichita State Notre Dame game this weekend is going to be a phenomenal basketball game. You know, Wisconsin got through relatively okay. North Carolina. Had a good track meet game with Arkansas. They got through okay. Xavier got through relatively easily. Ohio State, I should have had more faith in Ohio State to beat VCU. I really should have because they have a really good score in D'Angelo Russell. Arizona took care of them, though. Um, I, really, I really worried about Villanova against NC State. I knew that matchup. If Villanova got NC State, I really, really was worried about that game. NC State has a knack for pulling off big upsets. And... You know, they're again. They're one of my sweepers preseason. Um, they have a really good team. They're not your average eight seed. It's like Michigan State's not your average seven. They matched up with Villanova well. Um, they played a very physical game, and Villanova did not shoot the ball well. And and if they're not going to shoot the ball well. That's it's against a physical team. It's going to be extremely rough for them to beat them. And that's exactly what happened. They made a great run to try to close the gap, but. NC State moved on there. As I said, Louisville moved on. Oklahoma, Michigan State. Michigan State, I look, Michigan State, Virginia, to me, was a slam dunk. They beat them last year. Virginia had very much the same team as last year um, in a lot of ways. Michigan State, arguably, is, in my opinion, talent-wise, is better this year than last year. So, to me, it was a slam dunk that Michigan State could beat Virginia. And they showed that. You know, they're, they're both are good defensive teams, but Michigan State has more scoring talent than Virginia does. And, Look, I, that's why I don't understand why people get high on – look, I thought Virginia as a whole this season played better and accomplished more, even though they didn't get the one seed this year. But to me, you can't get behind a team like Virginia. You have to have scorers. 
You can't say a team like Virginia is going to win this championship. You can't. People go point to UConn. Oh, UConn won it with defense the last two times that they you know, won the championship. No, they won with defense, but they had a go-to guy. They had Kemba Walker. They had Sebastian Napier. Who's Virginia's go-to guy when they need a basket? Justin Anderson's not a go-to guy. Even when he's healthy, he's not a go-to guy. He's not. He's he's a guy. He can make shots, yeah, but he can't create a lot of his own his own shots. You need somebody that can create his own shots. You need somebody that can go to the rim when you need a, a big basket. Justin Anderson can't do that, and that's why I think Virginia the last two years. I, I that's why you can't buy into them making a deep run in this tournament, especially getting to a Final Four and winning a championship because they're not capable of that without a go-to score. The teams that win have a go-to score. Don't have one. So Michigan State moves on, and you know we Duke had a pretty easy run. They're going to have, in my mind, they're going to have an easy run at least to the Elite Eight. And then Gonzaga, in my mind, gets a UCLA team who is playing their best basketball. But to me, look, you can argue whether they should be here. You could argue whether they should have won their game against them. I mean, whatever. They're here. It is what it is. Do they match up with Gonzaga? To an extent, they do. Are they playing really well right now? Their best basketball? Yes, they are. Does that mean that they're going to beat Gonzaga? No, it doesn't. I don't think they will. I think we're destined for the Duke-Gonzaga matchup that the committee hoped we'd get, um, which will be a great matchup. We'll see. Um, I think we set ourselves up. It, it was a great first weekend of the tournament. I, as I mentioned, the first four was tremendous. The first day of the tournament was great. You know, we had, I think it was five one-point finishes, which is I, I almost tied a, turn, a complete turning record of six. Um, and, I mean, we did that in one day. You had two overtime games already. We had buzzer beaters. We had the, the whole Georgia State thing, which was a compelling story. And it was a sad ending. I mean, I, seeing Ron Hunter on the press conference, I mean, got brought tears to my eyes. It was, it was him saying, you know, the season over and looking at his son. It was just, it was just a, a really, really sad thing to see. But that's his tournament. One and done, you know. And when you you have a Cinderella and there's an emotional storyline going on there, and you see it end. It's 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 kind of sad to watch. So it was there was compelling storylines. There were great moments. There was a lot of good basketball. Thank God the games have been for the most part well played. A lot of offense, not these grinded out games in the 40s and 50s. There have been too many of those, thankfully, which has helped make this a better tournament to watch so far. We've had intriguing matchups, as I've, I've mentioned, and we have a, what I think is going to be a great second weekend. We have so many good matchups. We'll talk about them in a moment. I want to throw the mic to let him have his thoughts on the first weekend so we can move, and then we'll move on to the what's going to happen this weekend. Mike? Again, timing is never your strong suit. Just Never is. pointing that out, uh, I was so close to being done. I was 10 seconds away. <laughs> 10 seconds away from being done. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. First weekend. Obviously, Thursday. Pain in the ass for me to watch. Unfortunately, I work. Friday, second day of the tournament. I have to work a long day. So... So that 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 sucked. <laughs> Let's be quite honest here. I I didn't get a chance to watch 
as much basketball, much first two days of basketball that I usually enjoy doing. I wish I was able to watch more, and I just couldn't. It was just it was a sad state of affairs. Um, but from what I what I gathered, I loved the fact that Texas lost. Shouldn't have been in there anyway. Already, you already have my thoughts on UCLA. I wouldn't have called it. SMU should have moved on. That's neither here nor there. If SMU played a better game, it wouldn't have been in um, doubt. Um, let's see. Uh, George, uh, you, you ranted and raved about Baylor. Oh, man. Look, that's what you have. That's what happens when you play for scouts. That's what happens when you don't take a team seriously. They will walk into your gym. They will walk in. And the biggest moment, you don't take that team seriously, that team went through their own tournament and their own season, and you didn't see them. But they worked their asses off to get there, and you come in and you disrespect them. Don't be shocked when you are on the bus driving back to uh, wherever the hell Baylor is. Baylor is. Kansas, I think. Texas. Texas. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, it is Texas, so it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, so when you're, when you're driving your asses back to Texas because you didn't show up to a team that Georgia State, we all said, they, they can't score. We said they couldn't score. And they scored because you didn't play defense. <laughs> if you don't show up, they're going to knock your ass out. And they and did. They turned over the ball like 20 times, too. <laughs> well, well, okay. Let's be clear here. Baylor has never, never, ever been a team that handles the ball particularly well. <laughs> of everything, and that's Drew, right? Drew coaches mm-hmm. Baylor, right? Scott Am I correct? Drew, yep. Scott Drew, yeah. yeah. The one thing he's never been able to coach or our, his players just don't get it, is how to not turn over the ball. <laughs> that, that's, all, that's all it is. They just can't handle it. And Georgia State is well-coached. They've got some veteran players, and they got people, they got kids with heart. And if I were a scout at that game, I would not be impressed with those Baylor kids. I'd tell them, you stay in school, and you... I actually learn to listen and play as a team. Because if you can't do that, it won't. It's not going to fly in the NBA. Despite how many alley oops blown or hit, doesn't matter. Baylor embarrassed themselves. Georgia State won that game, despite you know Baylor. Yeah. Um. I was pulling for LSU in the worst way. <laughs> that might be the only time you hear me talk like that about an SDC team. Uh, um, other than that, uh, let's see. I was rooting for St. John's. They just didn't have enough. Uh, I'm happy that Georgetown got out of the first round. I'm unhappy that they laid an egg in the second. Nice job. <laughs> Nice job. Um, second round, I think 
and you're right. My heart goes out to those Maryland kids. Tremble's an excellent player. That wasn't a West Virginia kid's fault. That was a Maryland player. And it was an accident. It was 100% unintentional. And that was their season. Now, look, West Virginia is a team that will compete. That's not a team that will beat Kentucky. I don't think West Virginia could beat Kentucky. I think Maryland could have beaten Kentucky. West Virginia will beat them up and down. They will put Kentucky through their paces. But I think West Virginia just has too much trouble scoring sometimes. Kentucky does not have that issue. No, they don't. As has been proven, Kentucky has like seven or eight guys who can score. And those same seven or eight guys, John Calipari is going to try to get to the first round of the NBA draft. Um, I mean, which, which of course, is his real tournament. <laughs> Let's call that spade a spade. Uh, Let's call that one how it is. I was... I'm extremely disappointed that um oh no my story stopped that that thing. I'm extremely disappointed, however, that uh, Butler lost. Even though Notre Dame's really good, I was still kind of hoping for Butler. I just think my my Butler goes through too many periods where they don't score, and Notre Dame uh, goes through too many periods where they just shoot threes. So what, something was bound to break in that game. Yeah. Um, for me, the game of the tournament was Wichita State Kansas. Hmm. Because for me, and it got. I mean, it, it was a big story. Kansas refused to schedule Wichita State. Wichita State has been begging for that game for years. Several, and I mean, here's here's the thing in college basketball: they schedule these games, uh, like pre, they, non 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 um, non conference games. They schedule them years in advance. Uh, Wichita State has been asking for a game with Kansas for years in advance. They 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 they've been trying to get them for for what two three four five years, at least. At least. This was the first time they've played in forever. In a very, very long time. Kansas, and, and it's no surprise that Kansas refused to, they, they kept ducking them when they got good. And by no surprise, I mean, I, you know what, I don't think that's Greg, Greg, uh, Bill Self's issue. Bill Self will play anybody. He does not care. I think that might be the university and their arrogance. Um, because here's the thing. Wichita State went out there, and they ran Kansas off of their floor. They ran Kansas off of their floor, and they stuck it to them. And I thought that game probably was the best told story in the tournament with all of the background, with Kansas refusing to schedule Wichita State, and with Wichita State having to get into the tournament and having to advance to even get the chance to play Kansas, I thought that was a well-told story and a fitting conclusion. Wichita State takes out Kansas, 
And in a way, it shows why Kansas refused to schedule with State <laughs> because they got their asses kicked. So hmm. I thought that, that that was probably my favorite game for the tournament. Uh, I refuse to talk about Villanova, NC State. Screw you for making me talk, trying to make me talk about it. Um, no, really, screw you. Uh, Northern Iowa, uh, I think they laid an egg. I think they're better than that. Louisville just came out and messed with them, and they took them out. Uh, I think Michigan State, uh, they, they finally did to, to Virginia what, well, probably should have happened in the last round. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State ran them out of the building. And, look, that's the Syracuse bracket right there. Uh, NC State, Louisville, uh, Oklahoma, and the Spartans. They're going to be here in the Qs. Colin Cowherd did not does not like that, which is fine because Syracuse doesn't like Colin Cowherd. In fact, I'm pretty sure America doesn't like Colin Cowherd. Oh God! I'm pretty sure the world doesn't like Colin okay. Cowherd. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I'm I'm just pointing it out. Um, UAB and UCLA was just a bad matchup for UAB. <laughs> Let's be honest here. U, UAB they they they, they couldn't compete. I'm actually surprised UAB won their game against Iowa State. Because, look, if that were Iowa State-UCLA, we would have had a 3-2 in the uh, in the sweet game. Iowa State, look, and here's the rule of thumb. If you see a Big 12 or SEC team in there, don't pick them. So, don't pick them. Don't pick them, except for Kansas sometimes and Kentucky most of the time. Don't pick Big 12 for the SEC. Uh, I think Gonzaga is going to mess some people up. And I will say this, Duke, Utah. Duke, Utah is going to be a hell of a game. You think so? I think think Duke, Utah might be a hell of a game. You 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 really you might want to watch that one. Uh, I think Notre Dame Wichita State's going to be a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin's just going to beat the crap out of Carolina. Um, but I I I I'm kind of really looking forward to Duke Utah, and I'm kind of looking forward to um, Notre Dame Wichita State. Mm, agreed. And and obviously, I don't think I'll be able to watch. I'll watch both of them. In fact, we'll be doing a show during one of them. Right. Um, but um, you know, it, it should be it should be interesting. There there are a lot of there are quite a few interesting matches. I want to address something too, though, because um, we, we might, obviously we talked a lot about Notre Dame. I want to also express condolences to Mike Bray because he did uh, lose his mother over the weekend. He announced it in a press conference after the game at Butler. Um, apparently, uh, he mentioned that she had died from a heart attack, so we want to uh, give our condolences to Mike Bray and his family and thoughts and prayers go out to them, and may she rest in peace. That was a horrible bit of news uh, to hear um, coming out of that game. Um, and, yeah, Notre Dame – uh, is in probably one of the most intriguing matchups of the weekend. 
and again against Wichita State. Um, another storyline going on here is this: the ACC has done. You know, when we get to this point, we all obviously the question comes up: Oh, which conferences have proved themselves? Oh, Big Twelve was overrated. Now that's what we're hearing. Big Twelve was overrated. You know, usually hear like the conference that got like the most bids or was told it was hyped up as the best conference of the year. If they, in some way, shape, or form, had a bad weekend, this is what you hear: they were overrated. They were overrated. They were overrated. We hear this every year, and I, and I think we've said this numerous times. Look, the Big Twelve had a bad first day, okay, and then it rebounded the second day. You look at this bracket right now. You got one. You got two Big Twelve teams left on the board: West Virginia and Oklahoma. Look, here's the thing. If you look at two, we got ACC. What do we got for ACC? We got one. We got two. We got three, four, two, which are playing each other in state Louisville. Five. We got five ACC teams left. Does that mean the ACC was better than the Big 12? No. Although I think the ACC was vastly underappreciated this year. I thought the ACC was closer to the Big 12 than people gave it credit for. But, again, it's all about the matchups. It's about the luck of the draw. You can't account for that. You can't account for that. To me, a, a more defining sign of your conference, okay, is not how many teams you have in the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. It's who you beat. You look at the teams that are left and the teams that went far, and who they beat to get to where they went. That tells me how good a conference is. So, like, if you look at, you got five ACC teams, right? Notre Dame beat Butler and Northeastern to get to where they're at. No, right, Butler's good. Northeastern proved himself to be a little bit better than we gave credit for. North Carolina beat Arkansas and Harvard. Eh, okay, not bad, not great. NC State beat LSU and Villanova. They beat one great team. All right, okay, we'll give them that. Louisville beat Irvine and Northern Iowa. Eh, okay. Duke beat San Diego State and Robert Morris. Eh. So nothing that impressive. Now let's contrast this with a team like Wichita State. Missouri Valley had two teams in this tournament. Northern Iowa and Wichita State. Northern Iowa beat Wyoming, getting got knocked out by Louisville. Wichita State, in my mind, beat the, had, had, has, has done the most in this tournament so far for that. They beat Indiana in a close game, and they beat Kansas. That's two really good teams. That's impressive. See what I'm saying? It, it, you, that, that has value to it. As opposed to, so that's what I'm saying. Look at what these teams have done. You look at the 316, you see five ACC teams, but not many of them have beaten more have had you know a lot of value to getting to where they're at. They haven't beaten particularly good teams. Some of them have beaten one good team, but that's it. That's why it, it now, obviously, in the early rounds, you might not play a, a particularly good team. That's not, that's not a knock on these lower seeds. Some of them are, you know, some of them are okay, but they're not great. So that's why I, I value now. This weekend, you're going to see all the teams that are left over play good teams. And then when we get to the Final Four, we'll be able to better determine, really, you know, which conferences had the which conference truly was the best. Because then you can look back and go, well, who did they beat in the Sweet Six? Okay, let's say two ACC teams make the Final Four. When we look at that and go, all right, who did they beat? If they beat, if they beat 
two or three really good teams on the way there compared to the other two te- the teams that are left in there that, 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 you know, didn't really beat too many good, like let's say the bracket opened up for them, then you know what? Yeah. I mean, you weigh it that way. That, to me, is the best way to weigh it. Weigh who they beat to get there uh, collectively as a conference. For each team that's there, let's say one team, there's no, there's not, let's say there's one ACC, one SEC, one Big East, and one Big 12. And let's, so, okay, let's look back at each, what each journey, who, who, what each journey had. And uh, for each team, and let's see who they beat to get there. And then that might determine, okay, well, that team, that team came in second in their conference in the regular season. And they beat this team, this team, and this team to get there. Boy, they beat a lot of good teams. That might say a lot about the conference they came from. That's how I look at it. To me, it's not important how many teams from a conference are in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or et cetera. To me, it's more important who those teams beat. That determines how good that conference is. That's my opinion. Now, as I said, we got some intriguing matchups. We already mentioned Notre Dame-Wichita State was a great matchup. Kentucky-West Virginia, I think, is going to be a really good matchup. A really good matchup. I know I know I might be on an island with this, but I I, I believe that Wisconsin North Carolina is going to be very similar to Arkansas North Carolina, only with uh, Wisconsin being a better team and having players that are more hard to guard. Um, Xavier Arizona, wow, isn't that an interesting game? Considering Arizona coach Sean Miller used to coach at Xavier. These matches happen all the time in the tournament. Here's another one, and that should be a really we know Xavier's always a physical team, and they're going to try to do to Arizona what Cincinnati attempted to do. Kentucky. Cincinnati actually played Kentucky a lot closer than I thought they would, so they should be proud of themselves for that. And, and we hope Mick Cronin comes back next year strong and is back on the sidelines and healthy. Um, they played Kentucky better than I thought they would. I think Xavier-Arizona is a really interesting game. NC State-Louisville. Uh, NC State beat Louisville in the regular season. That should, that should be interesting. Conference foes matching up in the turn. We see that a lot, obviously. Oklahoma-Michigan State, I think it's the worst game in the bunch. I think that game is probably going to be an, a, a, a bad game. To me, that's the only game on this board that I think is probably going to be, without a doubt, a bad game. Everything else, at least at some point, should be close for at least a period. Although I think in the end, Duke's going to beat Utah by a substantial amount. I like Utah. I really do. I've been high on Utah all season, but I do not think they match up well with Duke at all. I mean, Utah, Utah, I mean, Utah I've seen them play some really good teams. They, they really, really are better against the teams that grind it, that grind it out. Like a Louisville, it would have been great against Virginia. That's the kind of teams they do well against. They can't, and they're not a kind of team that can force their kind of tempo on a team. So they can't impose – a slow tempo on Duke. They're not capable. They're not good enough for that. And that's not a knock on Utah. They are a good team. They're just not that good. So that's why I don't think Duke's going to have a, a very difficult time. Although I could see Utah keeping it close for at least half the game. And UCLA Gonzaga, I think it's going to be the same way. I think you'll see UCLA keep it close for about half the game, and I think Gonzaga will pull away. But really, um, the only all-out bad game that I think could be a, a, a blowout game from start to finish is Michigan State-Oklahoma. I just think that's a bad matchup for Oklahoma. And I, and I give Oklahoma credit because they played very well in the first weekend. They actually played pretty well in the first weekend, more better than I thought they were. Um, so I, I give them credit for that, but I think their run ends. So 
Uh, let me just give everybody the schedule. We are up against, obviously we're going to have a Thursday show. We are going to be up against some of these games. Two of the games, we're go- the two games we're going to be up against are uh, Wichita State-Notre Dame. It's the 17 p.m. Eastern game, 3C Notre Dame versus 7C Wichita State. And 7.47 p.m. Eastern game, the Wichita State-Notre Dame game, by the way, on CBS. The 7.47 p.m. Eastern game on TBS, 4C North Carolina versus 1C Wisconsin. Um, the Wichita State Notre Dame game playing from uh, the the Midwest region at Cleveland. Uh, the North Carolina Wisconsin game playing from uh, the West region in LA. And then the late games on Thursday, 9:45 p.m. Eastern CBS. The 5C West Virginia versus the 1C Kentucky from the Midwest region at Cleveland. And then 10:17 p.m. Eastern. Obviously, the second games are approximate times because it depends on um, when the games before and finish. The 10:17 p.m. Eastern game on TBS, six seed Xavier versus two seed Arizona from the West region at LA. Those are the Thursday games. The Friday games are scheduled as follows: 7:15 p.m. Eastern CBS, 11 seed UCLA versus two seed Gonzaga from the South region at Houston. 7:37 p.m. Eastern game on TBS, eight seed NC State versus four seed Louisville in an All ACC matchup from the East region in Syracuse. Uh, and then, obviously, the second games depend on the first game, so these are approximate times. 9.45 p.m. Eastern game, CBS. 5-seed Utah versus 1-seed Duke from the South region at Houston. And then TBS late game at 10.07 p.m. Eastern, 7-seed Michigan State, 3-seed Oklahoma, East region at Syracuse game there. So here's my feeling. Picking the Thursday games first. Uh, Wichita State Notre Dame close game. I believe no. I think you know. You know. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not always going to stick with my bracket picks here because obviously some some picks came out of my bracket, some picks did not. So far, uh, I'm just going to pick these games as is and, and avoid what I picked on my bracket. And you know, if that makes me inconsistent. I don't care. Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame against Wichita State. I think they're going to. I think Notre Dame is going to grind it out. I think Notre Dame has a, a, a is able. Slow the tempo down, whereas Wichita State isn't. Although I think Wichita State's the more complete team. I'm going with Notre Dame. Unlike Utah, like I said, they, they, they're able to impose a tempo, and I think they're going to want to impose a slow tempo. Even though Wichita State seems more comfortable in the half court, I, don't, I think they're going to try to speed up Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is going to come in with the, with the opposite um, view and opposite uh, situation and try to slow Wichita State down. So these guys, these two teams are going to clash, and I think Notre Dame's going to win out barely. North Carolina, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wins, but I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I just think Wisconsin's a better, flat out better team. Kentucky, West Virginia. I am giving West Virginia more credit than probably anybody else. I think West Virginia's going to keep this game close. I do not have the heart to pick West Virginia to win, but I think they can win. I, I saw the way they played. They played extremely well. They have a, they have four days to prepare. Huggins has a tendency to knock off Carapari. I think they can win. I don't think they – I'm not picking them to win. I'm going to pick Kentucky to squeak this one out. I think this will be their scare. But that game is one to watch for sure. And then Xavier, Arizona, I've liked Arizona all year. I think they got enough talent to outlast Xavier, but Xavier's going to, Xavier's going to make that a physical, ugly game. 
Arizona's very vulnerable in that game because they're not, they're, they haven't seen a more physical team all year, in my mind. And so they're, they're very vulnerable, but I think Arizona's going to eke it out. The Friday games, I think Gonzaga gets past UCLA relatively easily. They're just flat out better. Uh, NC State-Louisville, I think, is a, is a really, really good game. Uh, Louisville has uh, uh, Rozier. That's their best player. Reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade, actually, if you haven't seen him. Um, he he has he has gotten them to this point. He's led them to this point. Uh, NC State, to me, they've already beat Louisville pretty badly in the regular season. I think they're going to beat Louisville again, although I think this game will be closer than their, regular, their previous regular season encounter. I think NC State beats Louisville, in a, which should be a good competitive game. Duke, I think, easily gets past Utah. They're just flat, again, better, better team. And at Michigan State, Oklahoma, I think it's just, I, I already mentioned I think it's the worst game of the the the, first, the sixth uh, of the Sweet 16. I think Michigan State easily makes it past Oklahoma, um, which leaves you with this week's with who I think will be the Elite Eight: um, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Arizona, NC State, Michigan State, Duke, and Gonzaga. I think Duke will get past Gonzaga in a close one. I think um, Michigan State will get past NC State, and which should be a very close game as well. Um, I think Kentucky, I think Kentucky will get past Notre Dame because I, I, again, if Notre Dame does get to that point, you have to think eventually they're going to have a really awful game, and you, you got to think Kentucky maybe can cause that to happen. So I think Notre Dame. So I think Kentucky will get past Notre Dame, and then I think that Arizona, um, Wisconsin will get past Arizona um, in a close competitive game, and then that'll leave you with the Final Four: of Wisconsin, Kentucky, Duke, and Michigan State. So all chalk but one. And obviously, we'll see what happens with that, assuming that was to happen. So I didn't go with my bracket picks. I didn't stick to my bracket picks, but again, I'm just picking it as is. So. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. I think it should be a great college basketball weekend, great Sweet 16, great Elite Eight. we got so many good matchups and so many great potential matchups that can come from the matchups in the Sweet 16. Should be interesting. Uh, I'll throw to Mike now get his thoughts. Mike? I don't have too many thoughts other than what, you know, I've said. I, I have the games I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to stray too far from my bracket, even though, like millions of others, it's gone, it's busted. Villanova broke my heart. <laughs> they broke my heart. Um, still, I mean, I think Kentucky's going to beat West Virginia. I think Notre Dame with Scott State too close to call. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to, like, R. Kelly all over North Carolina. <laughs> I think Arizona's Xavier is going to be a really good match, a really good game. I don't know who wins that game. I'm thinking Arizona, but I think Louisville is going to get revenge for my my Nova Wildcats. I think uh, Michigan State's probably going to beat Oklahoma. I can't pick Duke Utah because I can go either way, and I think Gonzaga is going to R Kelly all over UCLA. So, I mean, that, that, that pretty much is the, the long and the short. Um, that will bring us to Kentucky and the winner of Notre Dame, Wichita State. And 
and that is going, that could be the game where Kentucky loses, depending on who's there. Um, I think it's Notre Dame, then Kentucky, they might not make it out. If it's Wichita State, I think it'll be also a good game, but I don't know. Uh, If we get Wisconsin-Arizona, that might be the game of the tournament. That could be interesting, or it could be boring as anything. Um... I think Louisville-Michigan State will be an interesting game if that's the game we get. And I think uh, Gonzaga, if it's Duke, I don't know. I think Duke-Gonzaga might be uh, a little heavily in Duke's favor, but you never know. Um, If it's Utah, then I think Gonzaga's going right to the Final Four. But that's just my opinion. I think we've got a a decent slate of games. It will hurt me to uh, follow it because my Villanova Wildcats aren't in it at all. <sighs> that that one that one that one was hard. <sighs> I, I digress though. We we should have an interesting play of the game. Well, I'll keep my keep my thoughts but, uh, pretty muted. In the interest of me falling asleep sometime before eleven o'clock tonight. It's, it's, um, it's, I think, you know, it's, 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 I I will say this. Already to me, and this is to close out the discussion, it's already been a better play tournament than last year, which I thought was a better play tournament than the previous year. And we already have better second weekend matchups, in my opinion, as a whole, than last year. Now, we don't have any Cinderella's. I've said this on Twitter. We don't have any Cinderella's, really. Okay, I mean, you, oh, you're going to say UCLA is an 11? Is a Cinderella? No, they're UCLA, okay? <laughs> um, that's not a Cinderella, okay? The closest thing you have to a Cinderella in theory, and this is, and that's a stretch considering they went to a Final Four two years ago with Wichita State. All right, and, and to me, that's, they're not. They, they're, they're kind of where Gonzaga is, is now, or they're building to that, where they're, they've, they've been a study program for a few years now, like VCU and Butler, these teams are study programs now. They're no longer Cinderella. You can't place that label on them. You know, they've been the Final Fours. They're above that. So, yeah, you don't have Cinderella's, but you have some really intriguing matchups, some really compelling stories, Kentucky perfection, uh, journey to perfection, um, you know, Wichita State surprising, uh, Michigan State's resurgence, NC State, Utah coming in, into its own, you know. Um, Xavier, Sean Miller's Arizona team facing his former Xavier team. Um, you know, Gonzaga, can they finally break through and do something that they've been wanting to do for quite a while? Mark Few has – the interesting thing about Mark Few's Gonzaga team, and I'm not sure people realize this, this is his deepest team. Like, this is his deepest uh, team. And by the way – does anybody remember? Don't know what's significant about? I forgot to mention it's the Gonzaga UCLA game. Mike, do you remember Gonzaga UCLA 2006? Adam Morrison's last game, the, the overtime game. Uh yes. That double overtime was a triple overtime or something like that. I forgot how many overtimes went to. It was a lot of overtimes. So you're going to be seeing that footage a lot this next couple of days. <laughs> oh yeah. Although that, that game, although UCLA is not in Gonzaga's league. No. UCLA is nowhere near as good as they were around that time. But, um, 
But, you know, they, but to be fair, they are more watchable than they were in that era. Yeah, Ben Hollins, UCLA team, who got a job. Ben Hollins, now the Mississippi State coach, by the way. Um, that, well, that's good for Mississippi State. Great coach. So he is there now, and he's promising to get them to a Final Four. He hey, he did get UCLA to three straight Final Fours, so he's capable. Um, here's the thing. You know, you're going to have that kind of historical relevance hanging over the UCLA-Gonzaga game, although, again, UCLA, it's not the same thing as that. But you know Gonzaga's going to want to revenge that. Um, so that's an interesting, um, compelling narrative to add to that game. So there's a lot of interesting things here. I think they lined up the games very well, although they kind of, I don't like what they did with Friday. I probably would have. I, I think I would have switched out the Michigan State-Oklahoma game with Thursday. But then again, you can't really do that because the Syracuse region was scheduled for Friday. So maybe I would have put that game first and then um, maybe the NC State-Louisville game last. Maybe that's what I would have done. But I don't like the idea of ending on that game. But whatever. That, that's the only thing I would have done. So we'll see what happens. should be an interesting weekend. I'll be tweeting about it. Um over the weekend, over the course of the game, so you can all get my instant reaction throughout because you seem really interested in that. So, And then obviously on next Tuesday's show, we'll talk about the second weekend of the tournament as a whole, all the Sweet 16, Elite Eight games. We'll talk about them and overview them, give a general overview of them. And obviously we'll preview the Final Four, which will be in Indianapolis, which our own Jeff Tech will be attending. So I'd expect some kind of report, Jeff Tech, although we'd probably wait like a month after the Final Four, but I expect something. Um... And you don't have to travel, so this should be a little bit easier for you. Um, although he's gone to the regional sometimes in Indianapolis, and it's taken him forever to kind of report on those. So, but anyway, um, yeah. So next week, our next Tuesday show, we'll go over what happened in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight and look ahead to the Final Four. And a lot of people have asked me, "Oh, you're going to do a special NCAA show because you mentioned with, with, with the Syracuse stuff and that that you would do that." We always do one right around the Final Four. We will do one. We will do one sometime in April. Um, I have it in my notes to schedule one. I'll let you know when we're going to do that. It is in the plan, so I'll let you know. Uh, when we decide on a date for that, I'll let you all know. We will do one. Again, Final Four, right around the Final Four is when you start hearing about, you know, rule changes and all kinds of stuff. And that's the most natural time to do a special NCAA show, and that's why we've done it numerous times, so we'll probably do that again. It's been some of our better shows, so we'll probably, we will most likely do that again sometime in April. All right, so we are done. We we did everything. So um, let's we're going to end early tonight. That hasn't happened in quite a while. Yay. We did good. So as, I, as always, as we wind down, I want to remind you all the show might be over, but you can continue to inter- interact and contribute to our show and interact with us. Even after the show is over, you can send us feedback, questions about the show and show scheduling, topic ideas, and breaking news items related to sports, entertainment, wrestling. You want to make sure that we cover. Um, we have a wrestling show on Thursday night. For you wrestling fans, even non-wrestling fans, that want to send us questions or comments before the show, or even, again, during the show, we'll accept from both before the show and during the show. Um, you can send us your questions or comments. Um... Again, feedback, any of those, any of these things you can do via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. 
Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. My, that's my email as well as the shows. And remember, please put in the subject line email some idea what your email is about. Just give us some idea for organization purposes. It helps us, you know, kind of get through, work, uh, read through things. We, that way we know where everything is and where we have to put it. And we separate things. It makes it a lot easier for us. Just give us some idea if it's feedback, if it's for a particular topic or segment. If it's reacting to any one of us on the show, just give us some idea. It just helps us out. We appreciate it. We encourage you to follow us. Also, we encourage you to follow us and tweet us at IT Spotlight BG. Again, it's at IT Spotlight BG. It's my Twitter handle as well as the shows. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. To find us on Facebook, uh, search for us using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post. Again, Facebook, Twitter, email, doesn't matter. Jeff Tech and myself take turns checking all of them. If you post or send something, we will see it. I promise you, we just we can't reply back to everyone. We can't acknowledge, use, or read everything that we get sent or or everything that's posted. But I assure you, if you post or send something, one of us sees it. Don't worry. We, uh, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. You want to do that especially this week just so you're reminded of what's going on with our schedule since it's a real weird this week. Um, otherwise, if you don't do that, we encourage you to check out, check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com, which will help you with schedule, uh, keeping up to date on our show as well as keeping up with our show as you have access to all of our episodes since our move to TalkShoe on the main show Patreon, TalkShoe.com. Just search for us using our full title of our show in the spot with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our main show page, if you scroll down, you'll find our episode archive, which is which features all the episodes since our move to TalkShoe in order from the most recent to the oldest, all labeled with dates, times, numbers, and episode descriptions. Episode descriptions available by clicking the I next to each episode. That information there for your convenience. Find the episode you want, click on it, and it will play for you. Most recent episode is also available in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner. If you just click on the play icon in that box, the episode will play for you. For scheduling purposes, the show page is helpful because whenever I schedule a show, whenever, which is usually about a half hour or so before, so before showtime, not usually any earlier, um, whenever I schedule a show, a countdown clock appears in the top right-hand corner right under the most recent episode box, counting down to our next show. And upcoming episode listing appears above the episode archive at the bottom of the page, which will give you the date, time, number, and, again, an episode description that you will get if you click on the little I next to the listing. Uh, you'll get all the information about our next show in the upcoming episode listing. Again, it will be right above the episode archive at the bottom of the page. So when you see the listing and when you see the countdown clock, you know we're definitely having a show. You know when it's going to be. You know it's scheduled. It's going to happen. So that's very helpful. So you want to check out our main show page if you're confused about scheduling or want to catch up with our with episodes. So you want to check out our main sh- our main show page here on TalkShoe.com regularly, especially during the week, and again, really especially on usual show days, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, particularly at night when we usually have the show. But again, you want to check it regularly because things do pop up as has been the case the last couple of weeks when we had shows on Fridays and such. So this is a reminder to you, you might want to check it regularly, maybe daily, a couple times a day if you're able. So we encourage you to utilize all the resources available here on our TalkShoe.com show page. So make sure to check out our main show page here on TalkShoe. 
com. You can also check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Again, that's LibsIn.com. Just search for us on there using our full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our, our show page over there, you can scroll down and you'll find all of our most recent episodes on the main show page in order from most recent to the oldest, with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience, all available there for you to listen to at your leisure. Just click on the episode you want, and it will play for you. So be sure to check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Again, that's LibsIn.com. You can also check us out on our old home, blogtalkradio.com, and it's blogtalkradio.com. Search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once, you co- uh, once you're able to find our old show page, scroll down, and you'll find the original 31 episodes of our show, the first 31 episodes ever of our show, are on there in order from the most recent date to the oldest, all clearly labeled with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. So if you've never checked them out before and are interested or you just feel nostalgic, feel free to head over to blogtalkradio.com and check those out. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com. And again, whether it's Blog Talk Radio, Lives In, or Talk Show, make sure you use our full title of our show in your search to find these pages for our show. Again, that's In the Spotlight with Brian Garner. Make sure you search for that because that's the easiest and quickest way to find us on all of those sites. All right, Mike, and we can also... Check us out on iTunes. Go ahead. Search for In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner on iTunes. We're in podcast. Find us, subscribe, download, and continue to support us there because it does us all the good to help do it, all that stuff and things. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mike. I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight and, as usual, for being a good sport. Thank you, Jeff Tech. I know you're so upset about the beginning of the show, but whatever. <laughs> I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. Uh, he has every right to be upset at the beginning of the show. It was funny, though. It was and, it made for entertaining. And, and he deserves it. And by the way, I want to throw out this little factoid. Brock Lesnar does, in fact, have a Twitter account. He does, in fact, have a Twitter account. He has okay. officially tweeted three times. He has only had three original tweets. The rest of them are just retweets from Paul Heyman. <laughs> just and, and I think he's got two other people that he has retweeted one time. But if you want to follow Brock Lesnar's uh, Twitter account, you might as well just follow Paul Heyman's. That's good to know. <laughs> also, you should probably follow Paul Heyman's anyways. His Twitter is very entertaining. It is. It is. Um... Thank you, Fred. That was actually very helpful. <laughs> of course, I want to thank myself for another great show, Pat myself on the back, and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening and for all that you do. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for bearing with us through all these schedule changes and everything. March is always a rough month this year. But you know what? It's rough because we're trying to kind of make everybody happy, and we're trying to get a – we're trying to actually do more than one show. So we're trying to please you, but I know it's, it's difficult to keep track of everything. So thank you so much for your patience and your understanding. Again, this is only the first of three shows this week. Our next show will be this coming Thursday in our normal time slot of 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and that will be a special all-wrestling show. Again, uh, questions and comments from listeners, whether you're a wrestling or non-wrestling fan, both can participate. 
If you want to submit questions or comments, you can do so before the show and during the show via email, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we will preview WrestleMania. We'll go over the car, make predictions, analyze, all that good stuff. Um, and then, of course, at, at the end of the show, the last thing we'll do, we'll address questions and comments from the listeners. We won't do a lot because, again, we're gonna, our goal is to get off in an hour. But we will address a few just, to, to, just so that we can, you know, do what we normally do. But that will be what we'll be doing on Thursday. I know we're going up against the NCAA tournament, but we're going to make the best of it, and we're going to do the best we can for all involved. So that is Thursday. And then, of course, on Friday, much like last week, we're going to have an entertainment show on Friday, except this time it will be in the afternoon, right around the time we used to do In the Spotlight Football Friday, right around 2.30, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Friday. We'll have a show that's going to be just like last Friday where we present the latest edition of the Box Office Beat. And then, of course, if there's any entertainment news that is like has to be covered like right that second, we'll cover it. Otherwise, we'll put it off for a little bit. But that will be our show on Friday and our entertainment show for the week. So that's what's coming up the rest of this week. And if anybody has questions or anything like that, you can obviously tweet or Facebook us, me, or the show, or email us, and we'll help you out through this. Or you can check out the talk show show page for information throughout the week and and you know you can and it will remind you of what's going on with everything with the schedule so all right so with that being said i hope everybody has a great rest of your night a great wednesday and a great thursday we'll see you back here broadcasting live on talk show this thursday night for our all wrestling show our wrestlemania preview show broadcasting live here on talk show at eight o'clock p.m eastern time until then have a good night everybody With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.